0: AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast that's produced by the home integration community for the home integration community. My name is Jeff Hayward, and in this episode, we're discussing mental health. Home integration can be an incredibly rewarding industry, but can also be pretty stressful. Many integrators work on their own or in small businesses where it's difficult to find a work-life balance, especially with work on site often demanding long hours away from home and meeting high client expectations. Uncertainties arising from the pandemic have just made things worse at least half a million more people in the UK may experience mental ill health as a result of COVID-19, says a forecast from the Centre for Mental Health. And that's likely to rise even higher after this second lockdown. Meanwhile, another survey has found that 73% of all building and construction workers feel that their employers did not understand or recognize the early signs of poor mental health, or indeed offer any support. So what can be done to manage our health and well-being for the better? Let's find out. Welcome to the Integrated Home. Today we're joined by James Capel-Abra from Stress Matters and Stuart Lillis from Limitless Automation. Welcome to you both.
2: Hi, Jeff. Hello.
1: <laughs> so, James, can you just say a few words about yourself and the services provided by Stress Matters?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So at Stress Matters, we essentially help businesses to improve the productivity of their people through focusing on their well-being and their mental health. Um, put simply, you know, productive people are people who um, are are well mentally and physically.
1: And what what services do you actually provide to uh, companies, or is it just to individuals? How does it work?
2: So we make our money through companies, of course, uh, by delivering all sorts of training and consultancy um, for them. So we can come in, uh, help get lots of insights about the things they're doing well, the things they're not doing quite so well on um, and and how to improve those. Uh, As well, we we deliver mental health first aid training as well, which is something that not many people are aware about. Uh, Most people know about physical first aid, of course, but mental health first aid is something that um, can help save lives. So we deliver that training um, and lots of sort of coaching services and consultancy and things like that for, for businesses. But for each, in, for each industry that we work in, we try and find out what the biggest challenges are for, the, for individuals in that industry as well and push out lots of stuff by the industry press um and social media and all that kind of stuff that, that helps individuals so it's really important to us to make sure there's lots of stuff out there toolkits webinars um you know uh you know tick lists and access to support as well signposting and things like that if people are feeling uh like they are feeling overwhelmed so we do as much as we can to help individuals as well
1: okay great and stuart what's your background
0: uh yes well so i've been in the um the custom install industry for the last twenty years, um, mainly on the install side. A kind of short stint with kind of um, some manufacturers and that kind of things. Well. So I think I've seen every facet of it. So um, and limitless automation itself is only two years old. So, but um, so traditional custom installer. But I like to think we. We like to kind of utilize some of the, the more kind of Internet of Things products that, that people like like to use and so we don't we don't cap ourselves with, with limits. But yeah, so um, every aspect of custom install is what we cover.
1: <laughs> and you're based in Scotland, am I right?
0: Based, based in Scotland and we try to cover so it's based in central Scotland we try to cover just Scotland um, and um, the northeast of England so kind of probably as far as Aberdeen and as south as Newcastle really
1: and talk to me about the market at the moment because obviously the pandemic I know Scotland's had pretty tough lockdowns as well but um, business good for you at the moment
0: Business is good at the moment. It's 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 quite an interesting time actually. Whereas I found the last couple of years you've been finding the the kind of vehicle or the. The, the entry into smart home has been very much your kind of your lighting controls, your heating controls, things like that. Whereas if you've been, I've been doing it about 20 years, so um, we all came from the entertainment side. So the, the custom cinemas, the multi audio side of that, there's been a real kind of, there's been a real push in that since the end of lockdown. I think people have been spending more time at home. They've kind of, they've maybe not went on that holiday this year and they're kind of looking at spending the money kind of making entertainment in the home um, a little bit more of a focus. So there has been a lot of, bit of a yeah there's been a little bit of a bump up that way i don't think it'll last forever <laughs> but uh, yeah it's very very busy right now
1: and we're recording this in early november so i bet you've got the christmas rush on uh, on haven't you <laughs>
0: Do you know what, it seems to be in the last week, it's just went stellar. Just <laughs> and the ones that always get me, are the ones that have been sleeping on it, we send them an estimate and you don't really have any feedback. I, I typically, I'll send people costs and let people know that um, nothing's set in stone. We can tweak as much as you like. We can, uh, if it's if it's miles outside your budget, then there's something to set every budget. But if you don't hear back, I don't chase it. And what I've been finding is those ones that have been sitting there for eight months, they're all just calling now. it's particularly, yeah, it's... That's a, that's a funny old time here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so um, James, let's start this discussion just by, just by talking about mental ill health. What, what exactly do we mean by that?
2: Yeah, so, you know, it's funny. When you say mental health, most people think you talk about, you're talking about a mental health problem just when you simply say mental health. But what people don't realise is that we all have mental health, every single one of us. There is no overall health without mental health and our physical health affects our mental health and our mental health affects our affects our, our physical health it's a you know it's a combined thing um and when we i think it's really easy to spot when we've got physical problems you know because we we experience physical pain and you know obviously it's visible as well but with mental health quite often things can kind of they can start getting out of control without Us realizing it and we don't necessarily realize that we're experiencing mental ill health until it gets quite bad Um, and I think there's there's a cultural stigma element to that as well because people don't like to admit it but essentially you know if you are experiencing stress anxiety depression um, anything like that that is is affecting you physically or mentally or, or potentially affecting your ability to have good relationships, to work effectively, to fulfil the things that you want to do in life. Um, if any of that starts affecting those things, then you're know you you're experiencing mental distress, you're experiencing a mental health problem.
1: And, and what are the sorts of ways that, that those feelings can impact upon us? I mean, you, you talk about it having an effect uh, on home life and work life, but how does it manifest itself?
2: Well, in many different ways. So on the kind of the, the lower severity end, you've got um, you know, people uh not being able to concentrate, lack of productivity at work, um people, you know, perhaps experiencing mood changes, maybe eating a bit too much, drinking a bit too much, things like that. Um, all the way through to the really severe end, which of course it can be life threatening. You know, mental health illness is is one of the biggest killers of uh, of, of of middle-aged men, um, and, cert- and, and certainly in, in particular industries as well, I'm sure we'll come to talk about that in a minute, but um, uh, yeah, it can, be, it can be very, very dangerous, life-threatening in fact to, uh, to many people if it's not dealt with, if it's not treated. Um, but in terms of general signs, signs and symptoms, it's, it's, it can be quite complicated because there are many different types of mental illnesses. Of course, you've got anxiety, depression, psychosis, bipolar disorder, eating disorders, self-harm. So there's lots and lots of different types of mental illnesses, and they all have different signs and symptoms. Um, but one of the best ways to educate yourself on this is, is to get yourself qualified as a mental health first aider. And you'll learn how to identify all these signs and symptoms.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, with so many uh, possible um, symptoms, if you like, it must be quite difficult to actually spot that there's something wrong be- beyond, oh, you know, they're just in a bad mood or, you know, they're always a bit OCD. You know, you can, you can sort of be quite flippant about a lot of things, can't you?
2: Yeah, and I think the other side of that is that we, as a culture, have kind of come to accept a certain amount of mental ill health. Um, we kind of accept that there is a, a level of stress that is that we consider to be normal. That we think, well, that's just life, you know. Everyone's going through it. Um, I just have to put up with it. So, you know, there's also that as well. And then that that line can sometimes creep as well. And you know, before we know it, we're we're experiencing anxiety that we can't handle, or we're experiencing depression that has you know that's so deep set and been going on for such a long time we didn't even realise. Um, so it can, yeah, it can be really tricky.
1: And you mentioned that suicide is one of the biggest killers. I think it's the biggest killer in men under 45. Well, I, I read somewhere that in building and construction, it's actually three times that figure, which which is quite staggering. Why, why do you think the building and construction industry has a particular problem with this?
2: Well, I think it's, um, I think there's many things, really. Uh, one of the reasons is that it's very male dominated and very much populated by Um, that high risk group that we were talking about. Um, And I think there's this kind of, there's this sort of bravado in the uh, construction industry of, you know, machoism and um, people doing, you know, um, sort of like labor jobs and stuff like that. Um, And there is this kind of, very much like um, this culture of men having to provide for the family and not talk about their problems and there's kind of this big there's quite big divide between male and female and and the expectations that come with that from the way that we were brought up Um, and that's just very very prevalent in the um, in the construction industry but there are also other risk factors in the construction industry that that add to this as well Um, A lot of people living away from home. So there's a lot of sort of increased isolation as well. And and also historically in the construction industry that hasn't been that much support in terms of, you know, uh, management and leadership actually uh, proactively um, having systems and processes in place to look out for the well-being and, and, and mental health of people on site. is very, very focused on physical health, as I'm sure you know, um, but historically there haven't been the things in place to help look after people's
0: mental health.
1: Does that sound familiar to you, Stuart, in uh, building and
0: construction? Absolutely. You know, it's. Um, I, th- I think we are getting better, but I think James set the nail on the head. I think it's traditionally... And particularly in the AV and smart home side, it's it's been a very testosterone filled kind of environment. And I know that's changing. Um but um and, and it's great to, and it's kind of it's kind of hard to kind of I've always wanted to ask the question in a lot of the forums that we do because I've got I've got a young daughter and I'd love her to get into this industry, but as a guy I don't want to sound patronizing saying, Hey, how, how do we make this a <laughs> a safer space for, you know, um because we still tend to find that most women in our industry are on the sales and the marketing side. But the the technical side is, is is very testosterone filled. And that's the same in construction. I once had a, a great chat with an interior decorator where we, we were just kind of complaining about M and E consultants kind of not getting things right and kind of um not throwing their hands up um when there's a problem and she had the nail on the head and just said it's it's just because it's a testosterone filled industry. Nobody nobody wants to throw their hands up and admit when they're wrong. You know, and there's a and like like James was saying, there's a lot of bravado and all these kind of things. So but um I think the stigma is starting to disappear. And I think it is just people talking about it. I mean, um ten years ago, I mean it was it was a, I thought it was a real problem. I mean, in the construction industry, going off in stress was like a black mark in your career, you know, and it's it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, if you broke your leg, you would <laughs> you know, you'd you'd go away, you'd get better, you'd come back. And um, I, I, we're definitely, uh, there, there's there's already been a sea change, and uh, I just wish it would, I, I, yeah, we, we could change things quicker, and I think the only way really to do it is to start talking about it, and that's something I'd love to kind of start to do.
1: <laughs> and and the home integration space as a subset of building and construction, that has its own stresses, doesn't it? I mean, it, it seems to attract um, perfectionists in an imperfect world, one might say. Which is not
0: a good. Competition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. No, it is. um, and I think there's a lot of the things that you already. So there's there's long hours, and um, there's a lot of competition, um, and working away from home is a big one for me. That always kind of made things tougher, you know. And uh, the perfectionist side of it is, yeah, no worry. <laughs> we're not we're not guys that can go away from sight, knowing there's something not quite right, and and, le- and, and not let it bother you for the rest of the night. So, uh, um. Yeah, I think there is a particular side with the anxiety and OCD sides and the smart home and EV side that is, is, is yeah, it's, it's more widespread than you'd initially think.
1: And, of course, clients have high expectations and you, often you have these direct relationships with clients where um, they're very demanding in the time pressures they put upon you. I mean, we, we talked about the Christmas rush earlier. I mean, it, it's intense, right? Everybody wants their home done in time for a certain time, and they, they seem quite inflexible on that. But also, the first people they call when something goes wrong is you on a Saturday night when the projector won't work, for example. And, <laughs> and You know, you're getting stressed out when you should be at home enjoying yourself.
0: 100 percent. There's a. I, I think particularly in AV because we, we all, I always kind of say to clients right at the start, I'll be the last person here. So um, when the decorators are putting the first coat of paint in, on that's when we normally start our fit out. So that's where we're putting speakers in and delivering racks to site. So by that point, the build schedule's already drifted six months. So people are desperate, and you had a window of say four weeks. You've now got four days. You to try to try and get you all your remote of work works complete so we we tend to find that our our schedules are squashed and there's things we can do as far as building racks off-site and programming off-site there's only so much you can do so it makes it quite intense for a short period of time and like you say um the i think the interaction between the smart home and av guys and the clients because you're dealing with their the media content that they use every day, and like you say, there's there seems to be uh, you'd never call a, an electrician at, at eight o'clock at night and tell them that that one of the sockets isn't working in the hallway. But it seems to be <laughs> it seems to be in our industry, it's perfectly acceptable to 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 message and call, Um yeah. Uh, all hours to to say yeah projector's not switching on how can we go on and i think we we're kind of we make rods for our own backs by kind of answering these calls and and getting back and saying you know what it is it's maybe maybe somebody's just nudged this part by mistake but it's uh, it's it, once you once you kind of switch your mindset back into work mode that's probably well i find that that's me for for the rest of the night then you know um uh, so yeah something i need to get better at
2: <laughs> imagine as well stuart you must you must bear the brunt of all of their anxieties towards the end of a project like they've they especially if a project has drifted which let's be fair most of them do you know by the time you come in you've done you've maybe you know not really seen or spoken to them much until that point because you're right at the end but by that point they're absolutely exhausted and exasperated and they've got all this kind of build up already and you're probably the man that just like bears the brunt of it all (laughs)
0: absolutely no yeah we, we're normally at the end of it so we we get a lot of that and i think the other side is we tend to be the guys that pick up the call you know so it's a uh, everybody knows that service providers are terrible for, for for resolving your issues so bt you're going to be on the call for for 10 hours or that's bt sky virgin whoever but they know if they call us we'll pick it up we might not be able to resolve all their their um their if their sky broadcast is down or if their broadband broadband providers not providing broadband we might not be able to answer the 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 question or, or resolve it for them but we'll definitely pick up the call and point them in the right direction so uh so yeah i think there's a little bit of that so um but it's, it's hard because you, you like to provide a personal the personal touch and and we are in a service industry now um, and it's i think i think uh, there's been lots of conversations in that that people aren't making the 60 70 margins and kit anymore so so we we've we do what we should have always been doing, just providing stellar service and and charging an appropriate for it. So that's so that's where it's hard. Where do you where do you draw the line? Where do you say provide the best service possible, but we will not answer a call at two in the morning, you know? So <laughs> what you do get.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's difficult to talk to I appreciate. You know, it's it, it's not an easy subject. But have you ever have you ever had any issues that you have thought actually I don't feel that great?
0: I've never actually talked about it publicly, but, um, and do you know, I've had this strange guilt that I never did. Um, about 10 years ago, um, I was working as a technical manager for one of the larger installers um, in Scotland, or probably through the UK, we were a national company at the time. And I, I've always felt guilty because I probably 60 to 70% of what's made me not talk about it was the stigma that was involved at the time. And I genuinely thought it would affect my career. Um, 10 years on, it's easy to look at it with hindsight and kind of say, oh, that was just stupid, you know, um, uh, particularly my boss. I'm sure my boss would have completely understood, you know, <laughs> but um, um, I was uh, fortunate in the fact that I was the technical manager, so I managed all my own time. But um, I I ended up having to go and talk to someone about it, and uh, and it was via the NHS, and the only appointment they could give me was a Friday afternoon. So so um, having to put um, for four weeks every Friday afternoon, Stuart had a a medical appointment was kind of <laughs> looked a bit suspect. But um, but basically for me it was I've I've suffered with OCD all my life, or as far back as I can remember, um, and not in the the uh, funny kind of I need to line my shoes up kind of thing Um most days it is just like that then for me it's a lot about it's kind of counting and kind of things being um just so which uh, in our industry kind of helps when you're building racks and things like that but um but uh, it's so easy for it to, to get out of control um so it's something I had I've had all my life I can remember walking to school and kind of going through the motions you know um but uh about 10 years ago it was an environment where it's I think it's still the largest um the largest uh custom installation in Scotland. It was a 40,000 square foot home. I was the technical manager and lead tech on the installation, but crucially it was it was up in Aberdeen, so it was um four months away from home also, um just with um just ridiculous pressure day in day out. And basically my OCD got a little bit out of hand. Um Thankfully, um, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, um, she basically kind of laid down the law and said, "This is getting, this is getting out of control. You're going to get to the point where it's going to be a breakdown. Um, you have to go and talk to someone." Um, and so I did. I just made an appointment with uh, just my GP. Um, for me, the I was doing some pretty strong antidepressants. Um, I think it's a process you have to go through. It wasn't really the right for me. It wasn't really a chemical imbalance for me. Um, I just had to talk to someone and learn some techniques that... that um, Learn some techniques and learn that it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's, we all have we all have anxiety kind of tendencies, but it's it's just a moving scale. And if it gets too far one way, um, then yeah, it's, it comes to the point. It just impacts on your life, you know, and... Um, and that's where it got for me, unfortunately. So, um, and it was just, it was, like I said, it was 10 years ago. I think it was a different environment. And then I think there was a lot of kind of stigma about kind of putting your hands up and wanting to kind of talk to someone about it. Now, I, I, I'd like to think that's not there. James will probably be able to say for definite if the, the stigma is as bad as it was back then. But, um, but I just found I was referred to someone who I could talk to. I learned some, for me, um, just CBT techniques. So... Cognitive behavior, behavioral therapy, which is sounds really, really simple, <laughs> but it's it's just about when you when you're doing these things, when you find you're you're constantly counting or you're kind of doing these things, just stopping for a second, acknowledging that you're doing it, and I say that's okay. And if you have to finish it, you have to finish it. But um, but it happened, and it's okay. Um, but let's just try and work on that. And and sometimes it's it's putting yourself in uncomfortable situations if there's certain things you know trigger you. You know, just kind of do that thing. You know, if it's if if say a cable is meant to be 100% straight, you know, <laughs> twist it and leave it overnight. You're not going to leave it like that, but uh, just just leave it, leave it uncoiled, and uh and you know you're going to come back to it the next day. Let it let it sit and uh, let let yourself get used to it. And so yeah, that that works really really well for me. And I also know the things that make it worse. You know, so um, I find for me that if if it's a stressful period that always kind of sets things off but if i'm finding it hard to work with it i I do a couple of things i just i just kind of cut out as much alcohol as i can from my from my system that that always kind of it doesn't trigger things but it doesn't make life easier um and try to exercise more so um that that makes a massive difference um yeah so so that's kind of where it was for me um it's something i'll have all my life and i i think i manage it very well now um, but uh, and it's quite we we're talking about. Kind of uh, every everybody in this industry says, "Oh, I'm a little bit OC, I'm a little bit that." That genuinely doesn't bother me at all. I know it can <laughs> I know it can kind of wind some people up with it, but I think we are we are an anxious bunch. We seem to be um, technology in general uh, seems to, to 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 attract people with anxiety problems. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that was that's where it came from and it's yeah like I say I've always had this weird kind of survivor's guilt that I've never talked about it before because I know there's probably people that I could have helped in this time and lots of people know me on um social media groups and that kind of thing and I would just like to say if anybody is is kind of struggling feel free to reach out and talk to me I, I'm more than happy to kind of talk about my experiences and what helped for me there's
1: several things in that story James that that resonate I think I think that sort of fear that you can't talk about it or that you'll lose your job there's a stigma attached to it all sound incredibly familiar don't they
2: yeah absolutely and um I, first of all uh Stuart I'm, gl- I'm glad you've got access to the help you needed um and that you you recognize the, the things that trigger how you know that, that trigger you potentially feeling not well and and it sounds like you know what your good and bad coping mechanisms are as well um so you know that's that's brilliant. And and I think that's kind of that's what we're trying to do when as mental health first aid is is trying to basically get people access to the help that they need. We're not training people to become counselors or CBT therapists. We're trying to get people to understand what the symptoms and signs are and um potentially approach somebody, um, give them the help and the support they need, get get them hopefully access to um the, the help that they need. And get them to understand the things that work for them and don't work for them in terms of coping strategies and stuff like that so i'm really glad you managed to go through that journey um what i'd like to ask you though Stuart is how thinking back 10 years ago um and i think things have changed we'll come to that in a sec but um thinking back 10 years ago what would have helped 10 years ago um in that situation what do you think would have helped if let's say you know you didn't have a girlfriend at the time who kind of encouraged you to get the support you needed what do you think might have um helped and supported you and encouraged you to get the help that you needed in your workplace in the industry that you worked in at the time
0: um i think well it's something that actually only came to me very recently was and again it's just talking about it but um we all go through kind of site inductions. Uh, if, we, if we work for any kind of national builders, there's there's quite stringent kind of site inductions and things like that. Um, it kind of hit me that the guys will be on that site for maybe six months to eight months. Um, it should really be part of the site induction. It could be. We'll talk about the dangers on site, um, and uh, but we we don't talk about if, if people are struggling and people are very aware that how severe these problems are right now. I heard recently it was even just, um, um, relapses for people with addictions is up 30 percent at the moment so it's it's things are definitely on the rise with all the stresses that we're going through and um, again uh, some of the i've not actually checked if CDI have anything on the topics at the moment but the the kind of trade bodies just talking about it just making it a safe place to talk you know um yeah i think that would, i i didn't really know of any help that was out there you know other than talking to your gp um and 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 even that, like I say, took took more than a little bit of a push to get me to do it, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah I th- I that's a hard one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think raising awareness has has changed significantly, particularly in the past five years, but definitely over the past ten years, um, which is great. And people are, particularly guys, are becoming a lot more comfortable talking about mental health, acknowledging that it is a problem um reaching out to, to to friends and and actually talking about it and not um feeling like it's a taboo subject that and that they should feel shame um about it which is great there's still a lot more to be done um you know in terms of and, and i think there's a i think there's a real obligation here to like the the industry and the leaders of bigger businesses um, particularly in like construction and 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 um, industries where we see this being a massive issue, um, and that's where I think we need to be talking more to people who have experienced mental illness um, in in that industry. Because I mean, there's just what I just asked you one question, and you came up with a great idea there. You know, why why don't we have it in inductions on on uh, construction sites? I think that's a fantastic idea. But these are the kind of things I think we can only like. We can only uncover by talking to people about it and we can only implement them by getting the buy in from, you know, whole industries, big businesses. And if we get leaders talking about it being a problem and and what they're willing to do about it.
1: Is there something about men being more addictive personalities regarding drink and gambling, for example? I mean, is, is that statistically something we need to be concerned
2: about? I think what it is, is that men typically use um, alcohol, substance abuse, gambling, and addictive behaviours as coping strategies for dealing with mental illness. So um, whilst women do, um, statistically, they, from a cultural perspective, have access to other coping strategies, because they find it much easier to open up about um what they're what they're feeling to friends family partners uh, accessing help from medical professionals etc and that's just a cultural thing with how we've been brought up um so i don't think it's not a question i know the answer to specifically about the, this like um whether statistically we are genetically more um uh, predisposed, uh, predisposed to it or not i have no idea but what i do know is that men do tend to use it as um as as a as a Obviously, a poor coping strategy, um, and that's one of the issues.
1: And that does become something in our industry, Stuart, because there's a you know there's a lot of socialising, a lot of opportunity to abuse your body in ways that you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's yeah, it does feel, um, yeah, when we you have the kind of the, your the 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 trade shows and things like that you do feel as everybody seems to regress into their early 20s and (laughs) and
2: it's the thing as well right isn't it you know it's just (laughs) if you're away from home quite a lot you're eating lots of takeaways and restaurants and
0: do you know what that i was actually i was talking to um I was talking to, it's uh, uh, something that works for one of our trade bodies last week, and we had the same because I worked for I worked for a manufacturer distributor for about a year and a half. And he'd worked for a manufacturer for a long period of time, and it was staying away from home. And even though you've got these ridiculous expense accounts where you could go out and kind of go for a meal every night, you don't. You kind of you don't want to do that. You kind of, particularly if you're, if you're if you've got any sort of anxiety issues, you, you go away and you get a takeaway and you sit in a room on your own, you know, and don't talk to anyone, and you pile on the way, and <laughs> it's a, and you get a, it's. All these things don't help, you know, and <laughs> um, and it's just putting yourself in an environment where that could breed, so like I say, when I went through my thing, i kind of I kind of want to reach out to my old employer and just say, "Listen, um, I've never made you aware of this, but um you should probably know, and um, I don't think you should feel any guilt or any malice, but um yeah, because it was it was just an environment that helped breed what I was going through kind of helped make things worse but here's some things maybe to look out for you know and 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 that way you can kind of easily spot everybody's different mm-hmm. it's not easy to spot what people are going through and um, uh but here's some things I think could help you spot if, if anybody that's working for you is going through something. Mm-hmm.
2: Ring are on a mission to make the home install market that bit better for installers and their customers. Introducing Ring Xline. With six exclusive bundles available via AWE only to Xline accredited dealers, Xline combines world leading security products with a lifetime Ring Protect subscription and an extended four year limited warranty, all for a one off cost. To find out more, visit connect.awe Europe.com forward slash Xline. Let the pros lend a hand.
1: What's the big piece of advice that you'd have, Stuart, for other integrators who might be struggling? What advice would you have?
0: I think I think re, re, uh, the thing I keep saying is just talk, talk, talk. So reach out to someone. But the other thing is, if someone is, if you know somebody's um, normally kind of a larger, like character, and they're just a little bit quiet, or they're just not piping in as much as they used to do, they can have even even just little things like their work performance starts to struggle. I mean, it's not that. That, that's not going to ring someone up for discipline and it's uh, chat to the person and say look those kind of things are sliding a little bit your concentration is not what it used to be is is there anything you want to talk about or I can understand you might not want to talk to me because there's that kind of strange power dynamic if it's a line manager or anything There's like do you want me to kind of I can recommend someone you know and I even when um, when the uh When the lockdown happened, I kind of I I discussed with my wife and said, like, these are the the stresses that we're going under, these are kind of it could kind of set things back a little bit so I, I i looked for the services that were available as far as um like kind of over zoom and kind of skype and those kind of things so it was but there seemed to be a lot of kind of commercial kind of uh all kind of american-based therapy you know? <laughs> and uh I, I didn't feel i could find one that was quite right for me but that's um that's something james might be able to help out with um services that are available to, to guys in the uk Um guys and women in the UK, um just when you need someone to talk to, you know, and it's you can't always talk to your partner because if you've got if you've got concerns over I mean, kind of money and all these kind of things, it can be it can be it can add extra stresses to the conversation that that, that probably set you back a little bit, you know. So so um yeah, it's it's finding finding someone that you can talk to is so important. And yeah, if James knows any services that um um that are out there that they're kind of health?
2: There are loads, there are so yeah. so many um, and there are there are national ones, there are local ones, there are charity led ones, uh, voluntary ones There's, there are so many different um, uh, organisations that you can go to for help for such a wide variety of, of things to do with mental health. So um, anxiety, depression, um, stress but also for particular groups of people as well, so there are some really good groups set up specifically for men. So Calm is one that um, campaign against living miserably, which is great for for guys. Um, and then there are also sort of different groups set up for the LGBTQ plus um, uh, community, uh, and and but also uh, you know young people, uh, people who from the BAME community, like so so many different ones as well. What I would say to anyone who is thinking that they would like to access some form of help that, you know, they're, they're feeling overwhelmed. They don't know what's going on. Um, Your GP is a good place to start Um, either that or Google. So if you go to your GP now, of course, you don't need to go actually into your GP. Most of them or all of them are doing um, phone consultations. And for something like mental health, they're not going to ask you particularly at the moment to come in, Um, and have an actual consultation. Um, And they are usually pretty well set up for suggesting uh, local um, uh, support services as well that you might be able to access. Mental health illness is is on the rise massively. Um, I think MIND reckoned that the incidence of uh, depression in the UK has doubled since, uh, in in the adult population has doubled since pandemic. And they reckon that one in four of us at the moment are experiencing some form of depression um, so the mental health services through your GP are going to well they just are massively overwhelmed at the moment but if you do go to your GP they will know which services are overwhelmed which ones have got support available and they will direct you to the right place um, the other thing of course you can do is get on google and find out what what support is available locally that's what I would um I'd suggest
1: and in terms of the sort of issues, particularly in building and construction, I came across the, the building mental health dot net site, which is a, a group which I wasn't even aware of until we, we had this conversation. But is there and seems like a really good resource for employers, for, for people in the industry to to go and find loads of stuff. And I'm sure, James, you've got lots of support you can offer to bigger employers, too, haven't you?
2: yes yeah, so i mean the I think the other the other piece of advice for individuals is go to your employer um i what you're saying Stuart, about talking is absolutely you know spot on you should absolutely talk friends, family partner, but also you know do try and talk to your uh, to your employer um they might have an employee assistance program where you can gain access to talking therapies through that um if you if you're experiencing anxiety and it's because of something else, perhaps a financial issue, um, they might have access to um, to a, a, like a financial support system where they you can speak to somebody who can help you get out of that situation. Um, there are some really good employee assistance programs out there. And a lot of employees don't even realize that they have access to them. Uh, so speak to your employer. Um, if businesses want to know, you know, what they can do, then they can get in touch with us, and we're really happy just to have, you know, have a chat with them and, and find out what's going on for them. You know, no obligation or anything like that, to see if we can help. And of course, the chances are that we can. Um, so, you know, please get in touch, and we'd be very happy to have a, a virtual Zoom coffee, as it will be at the moment, <laughs> uh, to find out, uh, you know, what, what challenges they're facing and, and how they can improve the well-being of their employees.
1: I just want to end this conversation on uh, something that you talked about Stuart was you know physical activity was a real help for you it. and and I, I, I agree I think some, some sort of joyous experience that you can find as a way of coping a real positive way of coping is is there anything else that you found in the last sort of year that's that's been really good for you Stuart?
0: No I think it, and you know what, it's probably just touching on the, the exercise thing Um I've I've for on and off most of my life it's always been kind of martial arts based kind of um, things that I've always done so um, yeah something that's a kind of team activity kind of something that kind of it's so easy to go to the gym and just switch off and sometimes it could be the worst place just to kind of let all the things in your brain kind <laughs> of just take over a little bit so um, uh, I, I like I say everybody is different but I found and martial arts was a great one for me Um, it was just it was something that's very very challenging but it's also kind of team based and you're always working on working on yeah uh, working with someone else uh, at least at least one other person and um, seem to help
1: what about you james what's what's worked for you in the last uh, last year
2: so for me personally um i started uh doing med- uh, meditation so uh have you heard of the headspace app uh that's a great there's loads of them out there. there's loads of different meditation apps out there that's the one that I prefer um and I think initially I was a bit like oh this is this is all a bit you know nah I don't think this is going to help uh but it's it's yeah it's pretty amazing actually when you get into it I think the the kind of the clarity that it can give you and just kind of you know we sleep every night and kind of lay still for eight hours or six hours or whatever it may be to give our body a rest. But how often, you know, during the day, do we actually give our mind a rest? Do we stop it from thinking over and over and over and over again? And it's a way to completely, you know, refresh your mind. It's amazing how, for me anyway, how much more productive I can then be after a meditation session. Um, So that's what I found really useful. But I think one thing that I've recommended for other people is, um, is trying to understand the difference Between self care and self soothing. So, a lot of people kind of think, oh, yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, I have a glass, a bottle of wine, whatever it might be. That's how I chill out. That's how that's my relaxation. Okay, all right. And trying to understand whether that is something that actually helps you de stress or not. And what is it? What does self care actually look like for you? I think, as you said, Stuart, it looks so different to everybody and it can be, you know, all sorts of different things. But I think crucially it has to actually help you unwind and help you de-stress and help you, um, uh, kind of you know, free your mind and in, enjoy yourself. Um, and that could be a glass of wine with a friend or your partner or whatever, but perhaps certain types of activities like excess drinking, substance abuse, um, or, you know, anything like that, um, might, yeah, might not be the kind of self care that you think it you think it is?
1: <laughs> well, I'd just like to share that on uh, December the 28th last year, uh, I I caved into pressure from the family to buy a dog. And I mean, walking the dog has been just absolutely fantastic. And she's, she's so excited. She's actually come in here to say hello. <laughs> 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 but, but it's, been, it's been just such a great way to To get outside and connect with the outside world, which I think, again, a lot of us, you know, when you're cooped up for so long, it's important to do to reconnect with nature and feel better about it as well.
2: Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. So I've got a dog as well, and I actually do uh, um, a lot of meditation on a walk on, like whilst I'm walking the dog as well. Uh, That's a it's a great way to uh, a, a great way to to sort of chill out and and clear your mind.
0: Do you know, actually, let's just remind me. there's the one quick thing as well. It, it's it's going to sound terrible, the fact, talking about a dog or <laughs> but what one thing, I've got two small children at home, and um, what, And I can have a kind of strict rule that when I get in from work, there's a couple of hours where it's just kind of family time. And that's because it is normally quite intense anyway, so you have not really good time to look at emails and answer calls and that kind of thing. But what a difference it makes when um, the minute you come in and my son's one, my daughter's three, and they on off daddy, and it's, the, the phone has to go down and you've got no option but to switch your mind from work mode into daddy mode for two hours and um, two three hours and it's it makes such a huge difference. And I would always recommend we're all we're all we've all got a terrible habit of we work eight, nine, ten hours straight and we don't stop because uh, because we've got to get the job done but it's it's been proven it's completely inefficient. Um go and clear your head. Even if you're not buying a sandwich at lunchtime, go take ten minutes, go walk and come back. You will find you'll be you'll be a more efficient and your brain will get that little rest that it needs and uh, yeah so yeah walking and getting away from it
2: couldn't agree more
1: dbm delivers experiences that go beyond the ordinary and suspend reality from powerful loud speakers and state-of-the-art projection systems to acoustic treatment and screens DBM partners with pioneering brands, including Barco Residential, Complete Acoustic Treatment Systems, Display Technologies, Waterfall Audio, and Meridian Audio, to give you the very best high-performance products for your home cinema projects. Like you, we're committed to achieving excellence. Visit distributedbym.com to find out more. Thank you James and Stuart for your contributions today. We all need to look after ourselves physically and mentally, especially in these trying times. If you're struggling for whatever reason, then talk about it. There's absolutely nothing wrong in doing that and there's a growing body of support out there for you to access. Make sure you check out the links with this episode for practical help and advice. Thanks for listening. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of AWE Sony, Ring and distributed by Meridian. We are a Wildwood production. The Integrated home supports Together for Cinema. Together for Cinema is an AV industry movement that designs and installs cinema rooms in children's hospices across the UK. In these special places, children, their families, staff and volunteers are now enjoying fantastic movie experiences together. We want to build more rooms in more hospices for more children. To do that, we need your help. Visit togetherforcinema.co.uk and find out how you can be involved to help make short lives that little bit better.